Would you please stand for the reading of the gospel? Reading from the book of John, uh, chapter 6, verses 24 through 35. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to, to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them the bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. All my life, you have been faithful. Is there anyone who can agree with the words from that song? All my life, you have been faithful. And all my life, you have been so good with every breath that I am able. Oh, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. And for those of you who, who will tell me, Pastor, you don't understand, I can't sing, you can still sing silently of the goodness of God. Well, bless you. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Katie. And by the way, thank you, Bailey, for serving as our liturgist today. Glory be to God. Amen? Yeah. Now, Sandy, raise your hand. Sandy, raise your hand. If you're interested in serving as a liturgist or you want to offer the prayers of the people, Sandy is your contact person. Sandy, stand up. Let them see you. Amen. Let me, God, we pray now that you will uh, allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bless you today. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Uh, by the way, um, if you were to go to the uh, website, you will note that there's a new edition. It's called Sermon Notes. And um, next week, we'll make sure that the sermon notes outline is in your bulletin. Um, the Gospel of John provides us with a portrait of Jesus Christ that the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, do not offer. Uh, they provide... Uh, this portrait of Jesus Christ's earthly ministry. That's what Matthew, Mark, and Luke do for us. But the Gospel of John, it, he pulls back the curtain and he lets us see Jesus Christ's divinity. He gives us a glimpse of this eternal Jesus, this, this second person of the Trinity. 
He informs us that Jesus Christ is the revelation of God, and Jesus Christ is the eternal word. Jesus Christ is the giver of life and the light to all. In today's gospel lesson, we're introduced to a crowd of people who I would suggest to you provide us believers with a lens that we need to look through as we continue on our journey with Jesus Christ. It provides us with an opportunity to review our relationship with Jesus Christ. This crowd has followed Jesus uh, to Capernaum. Now, what you need to know is before they arrived at Capernaum, the day before, they witnessed Jesus feeding them. They had joined Jesus for Jesus' teaching, and the day had gone uh, long. They were hungry, and Jesus blessed them. He fed the 5,000 people with fish and bread. And, and so uh, they discovered that Jesus had left, and he left because they wanted to make him king, so he disappeared from their presence. And they went searching for this Jesus, and they found him in Capernaum. Why were they searching? I would suggest to you they were searching for Jesus Christ because they saw him as a miracle worker. They believed that he was there for their benefit, that he was there to perform miracles. And Acts chapter 2, verse 22 reminds us that, yes, while Jesus was on earth, he did perform miracles. Listen, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. They believed he was a miracle worker, and they wanted to hang out with Jesus. And you know what? That crowd was not the only population that believed that Jesus was a miracle worker and he was to provide for their physical needs. Think back to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, verse 15. Remember, she said to Jesus, Sir, give me this water that you're talking about so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. She saw Jesus as someone who was a miracle worker who would also provide for her needs. Well, the crowd said to Jesus, where, 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 where have you been? We've been looking for you. And Jesus said to them in verse 26, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. Hmm. Let me just pause and share something with you. You know this, but it's just a reminder. Miracles that Jesus Christ performed, miracles that we witness today. And oh, by the way, I've been blessed to hear about the miracles that have taken place within this congregation. They are provided for the sake of our identifying Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Miracles point to Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Chapter 6, verse 27 reads, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, 
which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. That seal of approval is God's authentication of Jesus Christ that took place not at the time of his death on the cross, but at the time of Jesus' baptism. Yes, the people wanted their physical needs met, and so they decided to look for Jesus, and they found him. They found him. But here's the thing. Jesus was not concerned primarily about meeting our needs. Jesus is concerned primarily about having a relationship with us. It's the relationship. It's the relationship. There's a bishop. He's he's still a, a United Methodist bishop today. I won't mention his name. It's not our beloved Bishop Trimble. Let me just say that. (laughs) But he tells the story that he grew up in the United Methodist Church. He went to church every Sunday. But this is how he described that experience. He said, you know what? Going to church was like a social experience. It had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. It had nothing to do with conversion. It had nothing to do with a commitment to Jesus Christ. It was a social experience. So when I left my home going to college, I quit going to church. How many people do you know who believe that coming to church is nothing more than a social experience. Beloved, Jesus is concerned about having a relationship with us. And this bishop went on to say that um, it took two conversations and a prayer to help him to understand that it was about a relationship with Jesus Christ. He went on to say that um, one of the conversations involved a, a person who he just randomly met who took the time to share his faith with him. He took the time to share his faith with him. I, I just want to say to you, Evangel Heights family and friends, um, Over the course of this next year, we're going to rediscover or be reminded of how to share our faith with others because people need to hear your story. They need to know what has Jesus Christ done for you? How did you get through those moments when the prayers you prayed were not answered the way you thought they were going to be answered? How did you get through those moments when after praying for the life of your loved one to be restored instead the person died? How did you get through those moments? Oh, we need to tell our stories. We need to share our faith. Yes, yes. The crowd... The people who were seeking after Jesus, and even non-seekers. And let me bring it to the 21st century. People who are seeking after Jesus because of what he can do for them, 
outside of a relationship with him. And even those who are not miracle seekers, they just wake up every day and they go through life. All of them, like us, need the eternal life that Jesus Christ offers. In John chapter 3, verse 15, we read, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And then in John 6, verse 35, which we'll also, we will also pick up on next week, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This eternal life that Jesus Christ offers, it begins now. When we accept Jesus Christ, we step into eternal life. Not at the time of our death. No, no, no. But when we accept Christ. And so finally, finally, to believe in Jesus Christ. And this is what the crowd didn't get because they were too busy trying to have their physical needs met only. To believe in Jesus Christ leads to a life that says, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. Then Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And in verse 26 of the 12th chapter of John, Jesus says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. You know, when someone says, follow me, we think about the destination they were heading towards. But this, this, this is interesting. When we follow Jesus, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. You see, it's on this journey that we discover more and more who Jesus Christ is, and it's on this journey that we discover who we are. I've got news for you. As I remind myself, if I am to discover my full self, then I will need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because you see, it is only in that relationship will I discover the person who God has created me to be. Yes, Jesus is calling us on this journey of discovery. So there are some people who will follow Jesus because of what they can get out of Jesus. And then when Jesus doesn't deliver, they wash their hands of Jesus. Have you been? No. I won't ask you that question. Uh, when I was much younger, I, I thought that um, if I did something good, Katie, then, then Jesus would bless me, Mary. It was a brownie point system. If I do something for you, Jesus, you'll have to answer my prayers, Helen. But then one day, Donna, 
I stopped doing something good for Jesus. And guess what, Jim? He still blessed me. This relationship with Jesus Christ is not based on a brownie point system. It's not about our getting all that we can get from Jesus Christ. No, it's about a relationship. And when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives as Savior and Lord, which means now he's to master every area of our lives, then we will discover our full F-U-L-L selves. We won't be bothered, young people, about trying to please folk. We won't be bothered middle-aged people about prayer pressure. We won't be bothered seasoned saints about the fact that we are older and what can we do? No, we know that because of this relationship with Jesus Christ, as long as we have breath, there's something that he continues want to do. He wants to continue to reveal to us about ourselves and about him. <laughs> we will never exhaust the knowledge that Jesus Christ has to offer to us about ourselves and about him. Glory be to God.